0: here we are. <laughs> I think that's a perfect start for what God has for us tonight. Um, I want to welcome every single one of you uh, competing against the Broncos tonight, so you guys are dedicated. I'm watching to see who's, who's on their phone uh, checking out the sports game, but hopefully you guys are recording the game. Anyways, I want to welcome you. A couple things. One is if you have your cell phone, you can pull it out. And search for our notes on Uversion Live. So if you go to Uversion, all you have to do is search for our location. The name of the message is I Am. So all the notes that I'm going to be doing are on there. Uh, There's also extra video clips and stuff like that and and, and all that. So that's a nice little techie tool. Tonight, I guarantee God's going to speak to each and every one of us. If you were here last week... We talked about the name of Jesus Christ. How do you talk about the name of Jesus Christ? And especially limit it to one message. Well, we attempted last week to talk about the name. And this is what we said about his name. If you, if you study a name of a person, you get to learn about the person itself. You get to learn about the character of that person. So as we start Project Salt, what other uh, place should we start other than studying the name of Jesus Christ? Because we get to learn his character, which affects us directly. Uh, and what, three things we said about his name. We said that his name is the highest place. There is no other name higher than Jesus Christ. We said that his name is the saving place. Because we're man, we're separated from God because of this sin thing. And his name and his name is a saving place. And the third, I like this one. The third thing we said is it's a resting place. One day, all needs all will bow and we'll be in heaven. He'll give us a new name, a white stone, and it will be a place of rest where we'll with Jesus forever. If you would, go ahead and have a seat. I, w- I want to tell you a little bit about what we're talking about uh, tonight. Tonight, we're talking about I Am. And uh, we're saying this because we're going to start going into next week. We're going to talk about uh, the I am's of Jesus, where he says, I am the bread of life. And I am, there's a bunch of I am's in the Bible. But tonight is just specifically I am is what we're going to talk about. Uh, The best interpretation of Christ is Christ himself. If you want to learn who Christ is, we have to study Christ himself to best understand. uh, The best understanding of Christ is not intellectual, but experiential. Okay, I'll say that again. The best understanding of Jesus Christ is not intellectual, but experiential. And to kind of of point this out a little bit and tie it into this whole Bronco thing we have going on tonight, I came across uh, an article, and if you've been on our our Facebook page today, you've seen it, but it's about Tebow, (laughs) amazingly enough, and I I, I uh, want to point this out. I'm going to read a part of this article because I I think it's such an incredibly good article about the experience that that Tebow is giving people. See, he's he's a phenomenon right now. Everyone's talking about Tebow, but Tebow himself, let's see what he says about football, okay? This is what the article says. I've come to believe in in Tim Tebow, the guy that's writing this article, but not for what he does on a football field, which is still three-part Dr. Jekyll and two-part Mr. Hyde, No, I've come to believe in Tim Tebow for what he does off a football field, which is represent the best part of us, the parts I want to be and so rarely am. Who among us is selfish? Every week, Tebow picks out someone who is suffering or who is dying or who is injured. He flies these people and their families to the Bronco game, rents them a car, puts them up in nice hotels, buys them dinner, usually at Dave & Buster's, Uh, gets them in their family's pregame passes, visits with them just before kickoff, gets them 30-yard line tickets down low, visits with them after the game, sometimes for over an hour, and has them walk him to his car, then sends them off with a basket of gifts. Home or road, win or lose, hero or goat. Remember last week when the world was pulling its hair out the hour after Tebow had stunned the Pittsburgh Steelers with an 80-yard overtime touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas in the playoffs? And Twitter was exploding with 9,420 tweets about Tebow per second. When an ESPN poll was naming him the most popular athlete in America, Tebow was spending that hour talking to a 16-year-old Bailey Knob, about her 73 surgeries, and what TV shows she likes. Here, he had just played the game of his life, recalls Bailey's mother, Kathy of Loveland, Colorado. And the first thing he does after his press conference is come and find Bailey and ask, do you get anything? Did you get anything to eat? He acted like what he had just done wasn't anything, Like it was all about Bailey. Tim Tebow gets it. Right now he's playing somewhere, and he's doing hopefully a very good job. But he gets it. Win or lose tonight, no matter what, he has his focus on telling people about Jesus Christ. Giving, Giving them an experience to say, look at me. I'm running after God with all my might. And like Paul says, do like I do. Sometimes that could be the best way that we could show people God's love. Tonight, we're going to be talking about I am. Three things specifically in I am. We're going to talk about who is God. What's our relationship to him, and what does that mean for me today? Who is God? What's our relationship with him, and what does that mean for me today? So I guarantee if you're ready, God's going to speak to you. If you would, let's stand and let's continue to, to sing and worship. Go ahead and have a seat tonight. I would grab your Bible or uh, your you your version here and get it ready. Like, if, if you need to warm it up and stretch it out or something, go ahead and do that. Because we're going to be going to a lot of places in the Bible tonight. I don't know <laughs> exactly how you uh, go about speaking about the name of Jesus Christ. I already told you that we're talking about I am. I don't know how you can take that uh, and speak on it just once. I, th- I think that this is something that should probably take a couple years to go through. But we're going to go ahead and try to pack it in tonight. How does that sound? Huh? I am. That's a big, big topic. This week, you know, I, I went home last, last Saturday night, thought that was really cool, and um, Sunday I had off, which was really strange, because we have church on Saturday night, it was actually kind of cool, I like that, and so by Sunday night, I was like, alright, it's time to start focusing on the week, working on my message, all that stuff, and so I sat down Sunday night and just wrote out a bunch of stuff. Now I gotta warn you that the problem tonight is, is um, all week long, I've been brewing on this. It could go on for hours, so long that we miss all of the Bronco game, but we'll try not to do that. The problem with the message today wasn't what to say, it was what to leave out, what not to say, because once you start studying the name of God, the Bible has a lot to say about that. And so I've been praying all week long, hopefully you've been praying as well, and, and kind of getting ready for this. All of scripture, all of scripture that we know, this entire Bible, um, is, is one singular God, one singular A, God, trying to express himself to the human race, to us, humans, on earth. So all of scripture is this one God trying to express himself to us. And this is, this is kind of where even the theological term, you know, uh, what, what is that theological term? Trinity, this is kind of where this comes through. He's like, I don't really know how to explain myself fully, so I'm going to do my best to try to do it because your mind can't really grasp me. So I'm going to try to do it in a couple different ways. And when, when, when we're studying the name of God, the first thing I want you to, to ask is, who is God? Who is God? So if you write notes, that would be your first little, who is God? Uh, I've been a parent, and I've been trying to explain God to my kids like my parents did, I've had Sunday school teachers, Uh, I've been a part of some big youth groups and had youth pastors, I've had pastors try to explain who God is. Uh, The opinion that matters the most and is the most interesting is the opinion that Jesus has of himself. So the question is, how does Jesus see himself? How does he? Because if we can get into that, we're going to start being able to unpack. We're going to start being able to understand who God is. So I want us to start all the way back in Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. We're going to be going from Exodus all the way into John. We're going all over the place tonight. So get get them warmed up because this is good, good stuff. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Here's an Old Testament time. And here is when the burning bush, raise your hand if you've heard of the burning bush, okay? A lot of people have, some of you haven't. Okay, the burning bush, Moses comes up to the burning bush and Jesus, God, is speaking. And, and he's saying, hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him, let my people go. Uh, this isn't right, they're slaves, they're my people, they shouldn't be slaves. And Moses is saying, all right, well, who should I s- say sent me? And in verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Let's say that. I am who I am. This is God speaking. And he's speaking to Moses out of a burning bush, which is pretty cool. And he says, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. How do you explain the unexplainable? Well, I think he kind of did it. I think he's like, "Uh, my name is, oh, man, I don't, I am. I just, I am. So here's exodus. This is what's happening. Now, I want us to jump all the way to John, because I'm going to tie this whole little Bible together, okay? Not the whole thing, just aspects of it, all right? I'd be good if I could do that. John, chapter 8, verse 58. Actually, it's going to be verse 58 and, f- and verse 59. Now, that was God in, in, in Exodus speaking. Now, now that is the Old Testament. Now we're in the New Testament, and, and Jesus is walking around the earth in, in, in human flesh. He's walking around the earth. And still, remember, this is one singular God trying to express to us who he is. And so at first he's God, now he's human in the flesh, and he comes up, and there's, there's problems going on right now, because right now the Jews have him in their courts, and, and they're saying, uh, we've got problems with you, Jesus, who are you? And we come to verse 58, and this is what he says, Jesus, the man, is saying to other men, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple. I think he just kind of disappeared. It's like a vanishing act right here. You need to study that. I thought that was kind of cool. But here's the Jews. They're looking at him saying, who are you? And he says, I am. All right, now the Jews have got some pretty big problems. Because in Leviticus, chapter 24, verse 16, you don't have to turn there, but you can. (laughs) told you we're going everywhere. In Leviticus, this is what it says. It basically says, if someone claims to be God, stone him. That's what it says. And so, here's God in Exodus saying, I am God. Now here's Jesus in the flesh, and these Jews know about this Leviticus thing, and they say, who are you? And he says, I am, I am God. And they pick up stones to stone him, because Leviticus said, kill him. If anyone claims to be God, kill him. And he disappears. What do we get out of that? God says, and write this down, God says, I am. Which means, literally, the one who is and the one who will be. I am. How do you explain the unexplainable? Jesus is trying in many forms, from God to Jesus, and he's saying, I am. Just grasp that. That's all you need to know. Okay. Who I like this. I am. First thing, who is God? He says, I am. The second one is this. What's our relationship with God. What's our relationship with God? Why do we introduce ourselves, or why do our friends introduce us when we meet someone else? By our function. Have you ever thought about that? By our function rather than by who or what we are. For example, I, I teach, or I'm a banker, or I play football, or I'm a mommy, or I'm a daddy. or See, quite often think about it. When you introduce yourself or, or others introduce you, that you get introduced by your function. Now, why is this? Go to Genesis. <laughs> Here's my little perspective Genesis chapter 3. And I'm not going to read exactly everything in here. I'm going to give you kind of the Aaron flyby. And in verse 17 through 19, this is kind of what's happening God has created Adam and Eve. He says, Oh, you're good. Like, I love this. This garden thing I created, you, this is great. And then along comes this little serpent and says, hey, eat from this fruit. And this is the one fruit that that God said don't eat from. But Adam and Eve, what do they do if you know the story? They, They partake of this, and they eat it, which is probably a bad thing, right? And Jesus is walking through the garden, and he's saying, Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you? He's crying out to them because he knew that at that point, their relationship could never be the same. Here's a perfect God. The guy that created everything. And he's saying, man, our relationship can never be the same. We kind of messed this thing up, guys. You know, you did the one thing I said not to do. I love preaching because one of the things you do when you preach is you get to study and study and study. And I go on so many tangents all over the place. But sometimes the tangents is exactly where God wants us to be. This was actually one of those tangents that I went on. And as we're in this story, at that point, Jesus starts speaking to the serpent, and he says, you're cursed, serpent. You're going to crawl on your belly. That's not good. And the point I want to talk about tonight is he also said, the physical ground that we have from our bad decision in the Garden of Eden is now cursed, and we have to work it. I'm going to get into what that means for Greeley here in a little bit. See, the ground, guys, was cursed because of us. And our days from that point forward, we had to not be in God's presence anymore. And man's days are now filled with working the ground, working it, and doing, doing. And suddenly, because of this doing, we start finding our identity so much in what we're doing. And it has changed our relationship with God. See, in in the Garden of Eden, he says, I want you to be. I want you to exist with me. It's awesome, perfect harmony. We made a mistake, Adam and Eve. And now our relationship has turned into this doing thing because we have to work this ground. And from this ground will come our food, will become everything. So if we don't work the ground, we don't eat, we die. So why are we introduced by our function? Quite honestly, what do we do every day? We do it every day. It's natural for us to introduce ourselves by our function because of that. Because that's what we're doing is working the ground. Project Salt. We're here in Greeley, I think, to work the ground of Greeley. To work our hearts. What happens when you work the ground? You break it up, right? You make it soft. You sweat in it. You plant things in it. You take something that wasn't growing anything and you work it so it starts growing. What does that mean for Project Saw? I think quite literally we can change the way Greeley looks because our presence, the presence of God is here and we're working the ground every day. We're saying, God, come to Greeley. Like, come to my heart. Come to my block." come to my job, come to my campus, come to my roommate's um, heart. We're working the ground every single day. This ground of Greeley will not produce broken marriages. Will you agree with me? I won't sit by and let this place, this ground, Greeley, produce broken marriages. Will you? I won't sit by and let this ground feed addictions. There's people right now that are addicted. And we have the power, the name of Jesus Christ, to say, I will work this ground. And this ground, you will not produce addictions. This ground will produce joy. This ground will refresh. When we work the ground, we get to refresh the lives around us. Daily, work the ground of your mind, of your heart, and say, God, my mind and my heart is yours, it's a soil. And I want it to be soft. God, please work in me. That means we wake up every single day. And this is what we say. We say, I am worthy. I am strong. (laughs) I am smart. I'm a child of the king. God, use me. You say, I am. And I want to know you. So what is our relationship to him? Greeley and the world better watch out. We are going online. We are going places. We're going to coffee shops. We're going to colleges. We're going from this point throughout the world. Who knows where we'll go and what God will do with us, but it better watch out because if you look on those little cards, we want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and the church. We want to work the soil so it produces fruit and God's name is known. Collectively, we are a people flavoring our community, our country and our world. We're saying this ground, this soil, will be fertile. Does that excite you? I'm pumped about that. Our relationship to God moved from being to doing, but the good news is is that we get to have a relationship and be with him every single day. So I am. First, who is God? Second? What is our relationship to him? And lastly is this. What does that mean for me today? Like, I love all that stuff. What, what does it mean for me today? Or what does it mean for me tomorrow morning when I wake up? What does it mean? How does it affect my life? Turn to Psalms 46.10. Anyone have this verse memorized? Yeah a great verse Psalms 46 10 be still hmm. be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth what's our job to be still and know that I am God Because we are addicted to this doing thing, because we found our identity in what we do, our function. Jesus wants to relate to our minds, and he wants us to understand who he is. And he speaks of himself, and he introduces himself by function. And we're going to begin to look at this next week. Here's an example. This is what we're talking about next week. He says, I am, next week we're going to look at, the bread of life. So Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and then he introduces this function thing. He says, in essence, if you eat of me, you will never go hungry, which means what? My function, I fill you. I fill you if you partake of me. See, Jesus in these I am's knows that we can begin to understand who he is if he introduces himself by I am, you won't comprehend that, but you will comprehend the bread of life, and and if you eat of me, you will be full. That's his way to try to relate to us. God is eager to be recognized by his children. I I want you to picture this. Picture Jesus, God. Picture us as children. One of the coolest moments of being a parent is when your child, for the first time, recognizes you and says, Daddy, Dada. Because now there begins to be a communication. It's Jesus, man. He's looking at all of us and He's saying, I long for you to recognize me. I'm going to do my best to explain myself to you. So you can call me Daddy, Abba, Father. And I don't care how tough you are, how much you think that you've got this life together. I need to picture crawling into the arms of my Father every day. And I need to say, Jesus, I am. Abba, Father, I need you. Project Salt isn't here for us, for programs, for personalities, for performances. Project Salt exists to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and to say, he is. He will always be. So our challenge tomorrow is this. So when you wake up, if your king says he is and he will always be, that means when you can't see and you can't do and you can't feel, he can see and he can do and he can feel. Our identity should be found in him. I don't know about you, but I'm crazy excited about studying these I am's. Next week, We get into, I am the bread of life. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be incredibly good. Today, I think we're done. (laughs) I'm going to ask Jeremy to come up here and and lead us in another song. But as he's doing this, I really want you to pay attention to these words. I want you to just digest them and, and ask yourself, are you fully grasping the name of Jesus Christ? Are you fully grasping who he is? what our relationship to Him is, and, and how that affects us. May I just make this a time for you and God right now? If we, all, if we all could just stand up right now. If you have one of these black cards, just grab them, turn it around, and look at this thing. Let's, let's read this together. We want to change the way people see Christ Christians in church. This should be our prayer. There's a world around us, a ground around us that needs the love of Jesus Christ, and He says, I am. And He's asked us, go work that ground, produce, produce. Change the way people see Christ, Christians in the church. I want us to pray right now. Just right where we're at. That God You will change our hearts. You'll change our minds. You'll grip us, and we won't be able to run. We won't be able to hide. But, God, your grace will be over us and loving us to the point of tears. God, I pray out of that love that we will be able to show your love to Greeley. God, I proclaim right now that marriages that are about to be broken will be stopped, they will cease, they will stay together, the power of your name. God, for addictions, for people right now that are stuck in addictions, maybe bottles or drugs or internet or whatever it may be, that they will be broken. God, that your name will be known in this city, that we won't tread lightly that we won't apologize for the name of Jesus Christ, but God, we will say, you are. Your name is powerful. God, in all of our lives today, continue to do your thing. Continue to show us how much you love us so we can show this world how much you love them. As Project Salt continues, may his name always be known. May he use us to show his love to this community. We want to know who you are. (laughs) We want to communicate with you so we can mobilize with you. We ask that you fill out a response card and and put it back with with that response table. Give us your email, your phone number. God's doing some cool stuff here. And we want you guys to be a part of this. Not only that, we want you to take as many of these little cheesy cards as you will and hand them out to people and say, God's doing something and I want you here. Be bold about it because there's lives at stake here. There's eternities at stake here. We want to let you know that we love you. We're praying for you. If you need anything, please contact us. Talk to us. Email us. Whatever it may be want to pray for us and then sure man I love that song can you do that one again right on God thank you for today thank you for letting us be here may your love just resonate in our lives it's your name